Welcome to Sleep Talk Snapshots, bringing you the latest on sleep from around the world. Hi, I'm David Cunnington. Welcome to this Sleep Talk Snapshot, bringing you highlights from day three of the 2016 meeting in Denver. If you're looking for other episodes of the Sleep Talk podcast, you can find them at sleephub.com.au forward slash podcast, in iTunes or other podcast apps, or download the Sleep Talk app from the iOS store. This morning, the keynote lecture was presented by Russell Foster from Oxford University. He really gave a fantastic talk and just a great demonstration of how to get across really complex concepts in a simple and well-explained sort of way. I won't be able to do it justice and explain things nearly as elegantly as what uh, Russell did. But what he talked about is his work on looking at light, the eye, and how that impacts on sleep-wake regulation. And the story goes back as far as 1991, when Russell's group was looking at photoreceptors in the eye and showed that in visually blind mice, they still responded to light and had changes in their sleep cycle with light. One of the interesting things for me was he described that the establishment at the time uh, ridiculed the findings and really took another 10 years of replicating those results and continuing the line of research for this to become accepted. So by around 2000, it was generally accepted that there was a third photoreceptor in the eye, not just the rod and cone cells, but photosensitive retinal ganglion cells. They then showed that these photosensitive retinal ganglion cells were sensitive to blue wavelength light, and subsequent work's really shown that the eye should be thought of uh, as not just something that gives us a sense of vision or spatial awareness, but also a sense of time. So that's a really important clinical message when we liaise with our ophthalmology colleagues, is to have them get a sense that the eyes are an important organ for controlling sleep-wake and many other body functions over and above their visual functions. Some very recent work that was published in PLOS Biology only this week uh, from Russell's group showed that these photosensitive retinal ganglion cells may also play a role in alertness during wakefulness. And in unpublished work, they've shown that SIK1 acts as a break on shifts to circadian phase, with mice with reduced levels of SIK1 adjusting much more quickly to a six-hour time zone change, generally within 24 hours, compared to normal mice that took six days to adjust to a six-hour time zone change, much like humans would take to adjust to that degree of phase change or time zone change. This is really exciting work because it poses the possibility that SIK1 antagonists could in the future be uh, therapies for rapidly adjusting the phase of the circadian system. They're also continuing to work on adenosine and feel that adenosine may be one of the modulators of how the circadian system responds to light across the 24-hour cycle. Some other work that was discussed today and yesterday was the effect of stress on sleep and also of sleep on emotion. In work in Sweden, looking at work and how it impacts on sleep, it's been shown that in people who are preoccupied with work over a period of five years, they have a three times higher likelihood of developing disturbed sleep. Interestingly, that association's not there for work demand, so it appears to be not necessarily workload, but how people think about work that conveys some of the risk in terms of disturbed sleep. The model via which we think this impacts on sleep is via a hyperarousal model or a heightened adrenergic tone or sympathetic drive uh, during sleep. The effect of this on emotion and mood was discussed by Matthew Walker from UC Berkeley. Work done by his team over a number of years has shown there's a big interaction between sleep and emotion. In particular, the ability to reduce adrenergic drive, or as they measure it, gamma EEG frequencies during REM sleep, is an important predictor of maintaining emotion regulation. 
people exposed to emotional stimuli who don't reduce adrenergic tone uh, during REM can have a reduction in the ability to regulate emotions. This work really emphasises for us working with patients the importance of getting people to be able to switch off or reduce work preoccupation or a sense of stress, as if they're not able to manage that, it can have an impact on emotion regulation and mental health. For the A to Z of sleeping well, head to the hub, sleephub.com.au. This podcast is not intended as a substitute for your own independent health professional's advice, diagnosis or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider within your country or place of residency with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.